everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in the 200% life, 100% inner world, 100% outer world, which is really the only way to look at life because there is a whole inner experience and there's a whole outer experience. Right, Hallie? Sure is. And it's actually quite fun to figure out what you want to do in the outer experience as well. I think people, when they hear 200% life sometimes, it's, it is the whole point of, of separating it that way is to actually go have fun in what you want to do. One of the questions that you and I, just as people, listeners can hear this, that we were just talking about for the last 90 minutes, right, yeah. was one of the questions, which is like, where do you make the biggest impact in others, right? And that could be a wide variety. There's no right or wrong answers here. I, I just want to say that it, it, it's not quite, for me anyway, it's not quite so it's not always so well, altru- altru- altruistic yeah. either. It's not just about the no, impact no, no. I can make for others. It's like what actually gets me super excited to like go create. <laughs> Isn't that the same thing though? Well, no, because it could be self. It could. I'm going to say it's the same thing. You're just asking a different question. You are talking about impacting others. And I'm just saying that's not how I think about it. I think about what do I get most excited about doing, which may or may not ever impact someone else. Yeah, I guess the it's driving the, force for me is not yeah, impacting others. I guess the, the I think they're I think they're actually both right. And I think the 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 alt, the reason why I asked that question is like if you're going to show up in the 200% 100% outer world, right? Like mm-hmm. where do I ask the question like where do I show up and have the biggest impact and also can can mechanically make money off from too, right? I, mean, those I, I things. see, yeah, where no, can I have yes. the most fun and make yes, money? Yes, exactly. It's not like, again, yeah. it's not, pe- most people aren't just giving away. I mean, Sam Bankman-Fried was probably the biggest altruistic individual spreading around and we saw what happened there, right? I mean, he literally was telling everybody he was giving all his money away, billions of dollars, and it wasn't there. Um, the po- My point of saying that is that, like, how do you go figure out a place in the outer world where you're going to be able to make money, whatever that means to you from money standpoint, it's going to be different for everybody. And at the same time, how to have the biggest impact that you enjoy doing. I'm not, and I think there's a natural tendency to align yourself in the outer world with those things. And it's actually really fun to have those conversations, right? Um, I it think, doesn't always even have to be about making money either. It's just like, it, where, it doesn't. where are you going to be the most fulfilled on this very short time that you have on earth? Exactly. Which is going to go into the whole conversation we have here. But one of the things I even think about that is like, I love teaching kids sports. Like I have so much fun, especially really youth kids and I don't get paid. In fact, I, I contribute money to to make that happen. Right. But I love doing that. I love doing it with my kids and I love doing it with their friends or I love doing it with a kid that has never showed up and played a sport before and just making it really fun. Right. And of course the ages that I'm doing this right now are anywhere from six to 11, but it's super fun. But I'd also um, have fun teaching ski racing to kids that were older and just being there and watching them kind of accelerate. That's not what I want to do with all of my life, but I love that aspect of being able to do that and serving that. And to your point, there is no money actually making money from those things. Well, I was going to say, and for me, it's if I could do anything all day, I would probably read. (laughs) But But then you would read and actually serve anybody else. (laughs) It's just purely for myself. However, it does, and it does, yes, contribute to a lot of other things because I, you know, it, it leads to conversations that we have. You know, it's funny. Um, I, as a, there's an individual that we were talking about, like kind of 200% life briefly, and I was on a trip with him, and, and I, and he said, you know, if I did, my dream would be, and he laid out this dream, which is in a different state and kind of doing this thing and, and what it was, and didn't really work, didn't really mention work that much in the whole thing. I said, well, what's, because this individual is financially, wealth in young, but financially wealthy enough, he could do whatever he wanted. I go, well, then why don't you go do that? And he kind of sat there for a second. And he goes, I guess I just don't know why. 
I think people get caught in their own life and they, they don't stop for a second and say, well, where can I have the biggest impact in, the, in where I'm mechanically where or the organization that I'm in or what I'm doing, or how do I do better at my job to create more time? Right. Um, and then versus just getting caught in our own trap. And I think one of the, the, the kind of ways I like to look at this is always stepping back from your personal self, right? You have this fixate of consciousness that comes in there that looks at objects of consciousness and you get so trapped into certain ways of thinking every now and then, which is the point of this podcast is to actually break us free from that and to expand how the fact that we're just here. And I'll start with this. I was reading something last week and I shared with a couple people and, um, I think that really resonated with them. So we'll share it with our audience. It says basically the, this goes to your own existence that it's, it's essentially the odds that you exist are basically zero, meaning that the odds of you existing in this 200% world, there's an inner world in this physical outer world are basically zero. They go on to talk about it. It's basically the scientists have calculated it to the best they can calculate it. It's basically one in 400 trillion opportunity for you to be born in this earth. I actually shared that with my kids and I was like, dude, because he, he, he was just, you know, we were just, I, I like to share that stuff with them. And, and I was like, you know, understand that like, just the fact that you're here having this experience or whatever experience you're kind of going through is miraculous in itself. So let's just start with that starting position. So again, this is why when you can drill it all the way down to having individual bouts of what you're seeing in front of you, which are just objects of consciousness in the outer world, right? You could be working on a book. You could be in a meeting. You're, you're seeing what you're seeing, but let's not forget that the odds of you existing are near zero. Anyways, you hit the lotteries of lotteries, right? Of every lottery that you could possibly win to be here physically and spiritually having this experience that you're having and it just it, it should widen your or broaden your horizon for what you're doing here and then you can fill it in with again going deeper into the 200% life the 100% inner world or 100% outer world where you go where would I where can I show up and 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 really enjoy what I'm doing and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm making money because that's all part of the outer world right it's like people don't want to talk about that but it is right it's just I mean, the Dalai Lama wouldn't be able to do what he stuff if it wasn't money, right? Yeah, but I, um, I just feel like the whole money thing becomes it see it com- becomes like different. Money should be a byproduct of what you're doing, um, but at the same time, you can't go in thinking that like, oh, like I'm just gonna, um, it's just gonna show up. But let me actually give you this. I don't think I actually didn't share this with you. I was, um, and maybe this he's even listening to this cause he downloaded it, but, uh, I was flying back. I was flying to Austin last week and I was, I was sitting next to an individual, um, and he saw something on my screen and he just gently asked me about it. And, uh, we started talking and he said he would just, he just went on, I forget somebody's podcast that they flew him out. It was a big podcast. I forget the lady's name. Um, but they had flown him out. Um, and it was the first time he was flying first class because the lady had paid first class for him to fly out there. And I said, well, what were you talking about in your podcast? Cause it's, you know, that's a big endeavor for somebody to be able to do that in a, in a podcast. And they stayed the night and they had dinner with him and he and meeting with the whole person. And he said that, um, he is doing a documentary on what's called, it's called food lies. And this is a plug for him, but it's called food lies. And it's, it's supposed to be hopefully rolling out on Netflix. And he spent a month with the, the, the last, um, ingenious tribe, indigenous. indigenous tribe in, I think it's South Africa or Africa, um, wherever that was. And I forget the name of them. Um, 
but he basically spent like a month out there learning that like what they do. And I was, I was asking him like, so did they see a phone? And he's like, yeah, they saw a phone and they were just blown away. They actually, we had a drone that was going around taking video and they thought I was in the drone somehow. Cause they've never even compared it. And they're like, they were one of the people asked them if they were in the drone. Anyways, to get to my point, it was really interesting. You guys can check it out or, or not. I haven't actually looked into it and it hasn't come out yet, but um, if it does, and he was trying to demythify the whole health concept of like whether vegetarian or meat is right or wrong. And it's basically like a little bit of both kind of like he this, I'm summarizing it, but you should watch it. He thinks eating meat is, is healthy and he kind of explains why and demystifies a lot of the vegan diet. Anyways, I'm not going to get into debate that that's for your blood type or your body and what that I actually asked him that I said, well, I, I feel like it's really like everyone has their own nature. Some people do better with meat. Some people don't and don't when that precludes somebody from not eating meat. He goes, yes, but the majority of people um, have very similar types, right? And versus like these stereotypes of thinking that people are all, no, I mean, got to be in this group and, and whatnot. Anyways, let me fast forward. He left his job as an engineer, coder, as high up a company. And he was like, you know what? He's like, money will just come if it's supposed to. And like, it wasn't like blatantly like that, but that's essentially what it did. And he ended up creating this cool place in Austin where people show up to do workouts. It's his lawn. And now he's getting a couple hundred people showing up there. He's, he's doing this documentary. He's like, I'm doing these podcasts now from all the experiences that I had. And he said it all from started for me, basically, um, like, he goes like, I didn't mind my job because I just, I was like, where do I want to go have the biggest impact in my life? I guess the units were impact, whatever it is word you want to do. And it caused him to go out there and find it. And he's like, look, we're not making money, but we're finding enough money to kind of go. But he's like, I've never been happier. And so I guess that was my whole point of you bringing that up there is like, it's going to mean something different for other people. That's almost exactly like what I was trying to, trying to say yeah. too. It's like, it's, it, it, it means something different, but it also, um, well, you you've you don't need as much to think you do. You don't to 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 live the life yes. that you want and to be happy. Like guys, that guy yeah. you just talked about is a great example. And instead of chasing the money, you are just if you're chasing anything, you know, you're, yes. you're just chasing happiness and, exactly. and, and life, like that guy did. And you know, money you'll make the money that you need to 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 yes. live the life that you need to live to to support it and be happy. But it is not nearly as much as what you. I don't know. I think for me personally, I'm just realizing money yeah. is less important yes, it than is. I think that I previously th thought yes. it was. Yes. And even just by thinking about that, one, more money has come, and two, my life has been better. Isn't that funny? That's yeah. that's my point. And what, now look. I just feel more settled and more at peace. It's not like he wasn't having big goals financially, though. Yeah. That's the other thing I want to put in there. He actually had a whole thing. He's like, yeah, if we get in that, like, we can monetize this. So it's not like, but again, you have to take that. It's almost what we call it an entrepreneur's risk or anything like that. It is. But he, you know, again, it's not like he wanted to turn away money. He was just like, I'm not making any really money, but it's, it's an amazing experience that I'm having right now. That's kind of the whole part of this conversation. So going to the fact that your odds that you exist are basically zero. Here's a really good for people that are very, um, this, uh, conceptual analogy really helped me, um, in terms of the odds of you actually existing in life. And so it should, what this all, the whole point of this is to also just give you some, uh, peace in your life of just like, I can just take a breath for a second. You're actually just here watching the wind, watching the snow, rain, sun, whatever you're doing, you're just experiencing life, which then makes you, by the way, a better business individual, makes you a more fiercer competitor for whatever you're doing because you're not caught up exactly what you just said, Hallie, in like, I need it for this. I need it for that. Right. And that's when it starts to 
you, you start to get very egoic in terms of I actually I was listening to a podcast this morning and it, uh, Romney said basically anytime you use the word I me or or my it's egoic. And so it becomes about like this way of thinking about it. Um, and they said it can, it can, it can lead to um, paths you're not looking for. But this analogy that they use in terms of the fact that you are just born and existing this is this. Imagine there was one life preserver thrown somewhere in some ocean. And there is exactly one turtle in all of those oceans. So all of the oceans that are out there. One turtle, right? Swimming underwater somewhere. The probability that you came about, I mean, i.e. born, and exist today is the same as that turtle sticking its head out of the water in the middle of that one life preserver on one try. Mm. Yeah, that's See, good, about that's the, a good the, visual. The, yeah. the, all of the oceans all combined out there. You threw a life, life preserver, yeah. which is what? Eight inches in a circle? Ten inches? Probably a little it's bit bigger more than that. that. 20 yeah. inches? Anyways, yeah. floating somewhere. Yeah. In the ocean, and at one turtle, and all the whole ocean comes up and puts its neck directly into the life preserver on one try. On one try, yeah. Think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you, nobody would ever take that bet. <laughs> It'd be, and yet here you are, upset about something in your life right now. This is a little off topic, but it's I gotta ask this question. It's on my mind. Do you just what's your opinion on if we're consciousness or these spiritual beings and yes we get born into these human bodies in theory right does it also mean that that are this one con this con conscious version of ourselves and is it possible that a conscious version instead of being born into as a human can be born at, into as like a plant or an animal well i think there's consciousness in all of that i mean go look at an animal you see there's consciousness look i i, I don't i think there's um there are books written and people have uh, beliefs about this that you have to like, again, I think, I think it's transcendental meditation, which you, you've obviously taken and I've done for many, many years, but I think they actually, the way Romney Maharshi taught that was that you develop your spiritual human nervous system by going through and being lower vibrations of a nervous, not a nervous system in a human. That's the highest form you can take on earth, but you go through by developing your, by your, your nervous system through animals and plants and trees. Like you could have been a plant. And you could have exactly. And like whatever that is, and you develop that over lifetimes. And then eventually that leads to you obtaining a human nervous system that then allows you to be aware that you're aware that you're aware. And we talked about that last time. Anyways, allows you yeah. to be aware is that that's the whole definition of human sapien is that you're aware that you're aware and then you can grow on yourself. Well, and part of the reason I'm thinking this is because I was watching this documentary this weekend about plants, and it was fascinating. Was it the fungi that they actually communicate with each other? No? Not that one. It was called The Green Planet, and they just, mostly because the videography was just so amazing. They did a yeah. lot of the time-lapse stuff. Yeah. So you could see the plant that took a year to grow. You could see it, like, in two minutes. Yeah. But just the way, there's so much symmetry between plant life and like other organisms, just even in the, I don't even necessarily know how the words to describe it, but like some, a plant also looks like, you know, human arms and human fingers, just as when, just the way the plant is grow. I don't know. It was just fascinating mm. the way all of these, just the, the plants developed and that they are like alive, right? They, they open, they close. There's, what was the death plant called? It was called the, oh, I can't, oh, the corpse plant. It's like, it like literally smells like rotting flesh <laughs> and it like eats 
things. It's just, I don't know. It's just, wild. it was just, it was wild. It was wild yeah. and it was fascinating and how all of nature just plays together. And this one particular plant was like the one thing that this one particular creature, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't a monkey. It was like a, some, I don't remember what it was. It was in the jungle needed. And then that's what's pollinated this one other tree. And it's just, it's just fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. Well, that's yeah. like, in the, do you ever like the, the hidden life of trees? They talk about the fungi. Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah. Seen There's actually a great too. podcast on yeah. it too. It's just, I've it's heard the podcast, yeah. but essentially it's, they all communicate with each other. They're just yes. communicating differently than we are. And again, I think, and then you have the human nervous system, which communicates face to face and communicates in a different way. Yes. Like in the trees, like if one of them is starting to die, it starts sending its good nutrients to the other trees that need it before it's fully dead to allow the continued growth of the tree uh, species to continue on. Yes. Yeah. And like one example in this, this um, documentary was like this poisonous plant, like the ants could eat it for so, for just for so long. And then the poison started taking over, but then, so, but the, the ants would take the poison and bring it to this fungi. Yeah. It would then start killing the fungi. And then it would also kind of start killing the, some of the ants. So then they'd stop eating off of that plant and then they'd go to another one. And then this, so this one had time to regenerate and then the thing would happen all over again. And it's just like wild. Yeah. In 2012, I went to climb Kilimanjaro and then I went to Tanzania. And when I was out there with a few buddies, you remember this, I actually came back and started teaching this course because how, uh, it was like the nine things that I learned in the, ta- the Tanzania, Tanzania or, Kilimanjaro or like, yeah, exactly. And, and the, and the whole point of the, the conversation was, was how inter, uh, uh, interconnected mm-hmm. the entire world was because it was the first time I was out there and we were, we had like a, uh, uh I forget the name of his tribe. I want to say, some, some, I want to say Samoan, but that's not right. Um, Samaya or something. I think it's Samaya maybe. Anyways, he was an actual true Samayan, if that's the name of it. And where he actually was actually telling me he was like circumcised at 12 with like a blade and then sent out in the wild, the into with a, with a, with a, a spear to actually kill a lion. And he was the one that actually killed the lion and came back in. And he actually has on his neck into his back, uh, an entire lion, um, scar. I mean, a scar that's like an inch of boil, like over, right. Of like the yeah. claw marks going up this whole thing. And he was telling me and a couple of my buddies this story anyway. So he was, he actually works in this whole thing and he loves it. And he's like, he was showing us the whole intricacies of how everything is connected. Like this bird opens this particular plant, that plant then drops this. And then the bird opens up from that plant, the nut that the bird eats, but then it drops everything else. And the raccoon grabs this, but the raccoon going over there opens up the foil. It was so remarkable. Well, this is yeah. like over like five days. He was showing us this, all of how everything in nature is interconnected. Yeah. So again, it's, it's, it, this. You, and then where do, I mean, I, I can say like where humans come in, but I almost feel like humans like almost like interrupt this whole. Well, they could. Right. And that's why there's thing. like, I, there's conversation. I heard Eckhart Tolle say that if humans don't actually, this is recent that if they don't actually get their act. I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but if they don't get their act together, we may just be the, the dinosaurs. Yeah. Cause it could have been like the fact that dinosaurs were consciousness ways of trying to experience self and they just started eating each other and like that didn't work. So let's rebuild yeah. this thing. Right. Yeah. And, and he made the comment again, this isn't necessarily my comment that like maybe humans are on that same species right now. Uh, that I'm sorry, that same line. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if you don't get your stuff together, 
and maybe it's not look it's not gonna be like a next year i don't think but like as at some point does global war or whatever it is yeah, like, i'm not yeah. even getting there and touch those objects but like does something happen that just all of a sudden just decimates the human species and right. then all of a sudden something else is reborn i don't know right it's just something yeah. to think about but that's a comment he made and i think that is is well, going we could not survive without but i also think he i think to, to follow that up is just only people hanging on that he also did say like you we all have the opportunity to change that right now and and the point yes. is is what well, the work you and I are doing now in the same essence, which is trying to get people to see a different, broader perspective of their life, to do the inner work and the outer work so that we can coexist in the whole thing and doing it all together and with peace. And I'm not saying life's going to be perfect. It's going to be magical or things are going to happen. Your body is your body. And sometimes your body just it, things happen to a body and you develop things and people die, right? It's just part of life. I'm not saying that's necessarily goes away. It's just, or challenges go away. It's just, you're doing it with a much different level. So then the, the, um, the unnecessary challenges and problems that show up from egoic society starts to go away. And then you're just left with natural challenges that mother nature or con whatever it is shows up to distribute, which is completely different than you causing the problems and having to deal with that and the problems that, that show up from hurricane or whatever it is. Right. Right. Which is two totally different ways to drinking water. Exactly. Right. And those things. So that, that broader spectrum of one in 400 trillion of you being even existing here. And then you're upset about the fact that you've got to do this or you have have a stain or whatever it is. Like you got to go through something. And again, this is why Michael Singer wrote the book, The Surrender Experiment, right? He was like, if you just actually surrender, like, and it's not, and remember, surrender is not, not being passive. It's surrendering to the resistance of something that's bothering you that's happening outside, which doesn't do anything any good, right? So you're surrendering to that and then interacting with life. And if you do that, you actually end up in harmony, if you want to use that word, or connected to what the, the connection of life itself, which is when people say, I want to live an authentic life or be doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing here. It's once you're connected with that and, and feeding from that fuel source, you start to do the things that are connected to you. And there becomes a, a much greater sense of peace, joy, enthusiasm, those type of things show up in your life. And then it starts to pull you in the, in the more you go down that path, the stronger that relationship gets with that connection. And so therefore it's almost like you, we talked about this in one of our last episodes. It's almost like you have to like be willing to let go of your old life, which was very egoic driven and be more willing to die into this new life of interconnectedness with not your mind's not going to be able to come up with all of the, all the things that you're going to be doing every single second. We have to fall into that and you fall into it. Just like you kind of go through that path and, and, and to Michael's point is it's an amazing journey because you continue to surrender and you just see what shows up and you'd be willing to accept whatever shows up, not, resisting it from an egoic side you actually let go of that part of it and you just surrender and you open up to whatever is being asked of you or whatever's in front of you and i did hear um just that because people hear that i heard michael say this too just a couple days ago where he said michael singer michael singer and he said when people and he goes and, and let me be clear on this it doesn't mean that you just do everything people ask you or that you have to show up for every meeting or that like people want you to travel or go on this podcast he goes has nothing to do with that but I think people here go, oh, so I'm going to be surrendering and then I have to do everything everybody asks me. And he's like, absolutely not. And he's trying to be that exact. He's like, he wouldn't even like fly out to yeah, go see exactly. Oprah. 
I know. And I feel like, and then he ended up doing the podcast locally. Cause I was there that day visiting with him a couple days right after he did that podcast with Oprah. And he was like, yeah, they wanted me to fly out there. And he's like, I didn't want to get on the plane. He's like, and so I just, I didn't ask her. She asked me and I said, I'm not going to do it. And it's not that it was an ego thing or I didn't want to, it's not again. So he was trying to paint the, the example. Right it's not him. a thing, but he's like, I'll go do it in my studio and do it. <laughs> Again, that's the point that I'm trying to make there is like people hear that and they go, oh, but now somebody asked me to go do this or go do that. So I means I have to go do it. No, it does not mean that no, at all. No, I feel like it makes the yeses and nos that much easier. Easier. Exactly. Yeah. Once you're willing to kind of lean into that whole aspect of it. So the four, one in 400 trillion, right? So this is the broader spectrum of everything. You just get outside of that and you go, okay, can I just, even just listen to this, can I just operate with one more percent of peace today? Just knowing that you've already won the lot. Walk around today after you listen to this, just with 1% or 5%. I'd encourage people to do that. More peace, joy, enthusiasm, love for just being here. And then it makes whatever you do. If you got to go through mechanically things that you got to get through through your day that your mind is telling you aren't fun, you just go through them until there's no longer. And the thing is that happens, Howie, is the minute you start applying that, you actually start going through these things. And then you start naturally falling in line with the things you're supposed to be doing. So then you're not having the fight of the mind, right? And those things start to fall in line. It's when, and, and so that's, again, if you can listen to this and just find a little bit more peace or joy, enthusiasm in your life by just acknowledging the fact that, wow, man, I just wanted 400 trillion. This is awesome. I just, now I'm getting asked, I'm a, now I'm going to a meeting today. Cause it doesn't mean like you just get up and just leave everything either. That's renunciation. It just means you keep leaning in. The more you keep leaning in the clearer, like Hallie just said, the yes and no's become, and then it becomes very clear, especially when you get on that path, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to give you kind of a personal example and tell me if this makes sense. Cause I think we were talking about this a little bit last week about the renunciation part. Yeah, we were. At one point we were, we were talking about how, you know, sometimes it can just be if you don't know what to do or you're I can't remember where the conversation was going, but I remember feeling and I didn't say this necessarily, but I remember feeling like I had been feeling like that. Yeah. Like it just wasn't clicking. clicking and I was like, you know what? I think I just need to go away. Yes. And like renounce, maybe that's the right word, but just like step back from not life in general, but step back from work, step mm-hmm. back from all of these things. I keep telling myself I want, or I need, mm-hmm. or, you know, all of these things. And, but that didn't really feel right either, but it felt like it was the only answer I had. Mm-hmm. Thankfully I didn't take action on it because that yeah. wasn't actually the, what I was yeah. looking for. Um, what it really, cause that wasn't going to solve any problems. Yeah. What it was is I don't really know what it necessarily was, but it was like almost the opposite, like needing to lean in mm-hmm and pay more attention to where was the, where was I getting my energy from and Mm -hmm. the energy flow from? And by doing that, things have drastically changed. Yes. And they opened up and And now all of a sudden it's very clear on what needs to happen. Actually, it helped me be more clear from your being clear. Yes. And that usually happens vice versa too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they're both because then it's like when you're both harmonizing and and, and rowing in a direction, it becomes very clear. And it becomes very easy, the moves and, and the strategic decisions you have to make. Right. For your life, for business, all those different things. It actually becomes yeah. very, very clear that way. But it, it, I will say it's very, very tempting. Yes, it is, isn't to it? To want to renounce. And, and, or it's not only renounce. Remember I said like, that last week? You did. And when yes. you said it, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I want to do right now. Yes. Um, hide. You said hide, hide. And I was like, oh my God, I really, I f- I'm feeling the need to go yes. hide because I need to go regroup. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I want. And I wanted to go hide. Yeah. 
I also think there's a natural inclination right now in our current economic world fairs that it, there's a there's a tendency to want to hide. Yeah. And I think that's actually more pronounced right now than ever. And I think you're seeing that with people. Um, I've actually was talking to several CEOs of companies that they run, uh, very big companies, and they actually felt the same way. They, they weren't saying it the same way, but they actually yeah. just said like, hey, if I could just let go of all my responsibilities, I would. And I go, is that really what you want? Or are you just trying to get out because it's hard right now? And they're like, well, it's just hard right now. And I go, that's different. Yeah. And so you can't, hi- you can't duck from your problems. Right. But there's, it's very tempting, isn't it? For that ego to want to go, oh, just go hide. Just yeah. go drop everything and you'll be over here and be great. Right. And you go, eh, it seems, it seems real, but there's a falseness to it. There's like yes. a, there's a false solidity to that buying into it, which you can't really point to, but that's really what it is. It's a false solidity. It, it's almost like it's giving you the solidity you want, but it's false. And you know, there's a deeper part of you and you're looking at that. You realize that it is false. Mm-hmm. And so your next option is to go here. And then all of a sudden it gets, it gets, it gets removed and you get crystal clear. But you have to be willing to lean into that. Yeah. Isn't that wild how it works that way? Yeah. Gosh, I'm thinking about so many things. Um, <laughs> but it all is, really great things, but yeah. But it is that temptation. There is it because we, we were actually referencing with Adi Shanti's story about how he went away for six years because he was like, I won't yes. get tempted. And he and basically took him away from his job, took him away from all this stuff. And he floated yeah. around and he came back and he goes, holy shit, I just did exactly what my teacher told me I was going to do. And then that's when he said he came back and basically said, nah, I'm not, I'm not falling for that anymore. And then over that course of that year, he kept going deeper into the source. And then again, and then he started his teachings <laughs> and then, then they asked him to be his teacher. Then they asked to be a teacher, but he had to go through that. Actually, one of his f- funny stories in this, I'm more on the spiritual side. Actually, one of his first retreats he ever went to, if you remember this, he went in there and basically it was like this overwhelming sensation. He didn't want to be there. He ended up leaving and you weren't supposed to leave. Oh, yes. And he actually went home and he went straight through his house. He didn't even stop in and say anything. And he was living alone. He went right through his house, right into his meditation area. And he said he closed his eyes and he had this moments of enlightenment. And then he went back to the place and they're like, you shouldn't basically the gatekeeper was like, you shouldn't be allowed in here. You should never have left. You should never come back. Um, And, and he said he was in such a state of euphoric high that he was just gave the guy a hug. And it helped reinforce this whole thing. And then he just went in there and they're like, okay, fine. Like he, he clearly had that a breakthrough, but it was that same sense where he was like, he, he claimed that as like basically the ego being a shapeshifter and basically saying, if I stay here any longer, there's a really good chance that the ego will be dropped. So therefore I'm trying to get you out of here. And he was smart enough to go directly in there and he actually reached the state. And that's when he talks about how he dropped a lot of his ego and was able to come back into it. And it's the same way here. So when you have that temptation to want to go, oh, this is just so much easier. It's like, it's, it's almost like, you know, the difference. Cause it feels like that false solidity where you go, oh, it's just gonna be so much less problems. If I just go do over here. And that's not what you're really trying to do. Yeah. You're trying to find naturally where you're fed from. And you have to be willing to go, I'm willing to be openly objective to anything that comes my way. Let me just see what's there. Right. And then find that path. So for today, the best thing that you can do is remember that there is a turtle swimming in the middle of the ocean and there's a life preserver out there. And the <laughs> odds of you being even here hearing this and listening to this at this moment is that one turtle coming up somewhere in the ocean happens to go directly up through that life preserver on one try. You're one in 400 trillion of even being here. So enjoy your entire experience and have a little bit more peace, joy, and enthusiasm today. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. 
As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you.